be like myself anymore I'm like a lost key in the kitchen drawer Just waiting for someone to show me to the door Hey up, my name's Ben, and you're listening to a special birthday edition of the YYY Files. It's been four years of the podcast. I genuinely can't believe it. Um, I mean, I'm in a completely different place in my life from four years ago. Um, everyone else listening, a lot will have happened to everybody in the last four years. Uh, Stokar in exactly the same place as where we found him, to be honest. Um, but regardless, what what a four years it's been. I, I can't believe I'm celebrating the podcast's fourth birthday. Um, in the last year, uh, to be honest, we all know that the podcasts have been few and far between, uh, been for varying reasons. A lot's happened to me in my personal life. Um, I'm, I'm getting married in 2025 um, after getting engaged in the last year. So all that's been very exciting. Um, and to be honest, Stoke City on the pitch has not been particularly motivating this year. Um, so as, as much as we're seeing improvement off the field, um, you know, it's been hard to be a Stoke fan this year. I think we can all agree. Um, but hey, actually looking back over the last year, this podcast has covered more than I thought. Um, yes, we've covered three files, but there've been three very different files as we'll come on to. Um, we've done uh, the first, my first game, which I really enjoyed with Matt Lum. Um, you'll hear the highlights of that a little bit later on. Um, another new game show, <laughs> when I should have been interviewing more Stoke fans, we brought back some old ones and a couple of new faces as well um, for a new bit of silliness that this podcast enables for me. And of course the away files as well, the first time where we've uh, knowingly spoken to someone who is definitely not a Stoke fan. Uh, but hey, I, I've i enjoyed every single chat that I've had this year. Um, and, and to relive it, this episode is dedicated to um, reliving everything that we've heard over the last year. Um, and we'll start with the files as we always do. And as I always start with in the files, I ask why, why, why are you a Stoke fan? So, uh, going back to the beginning, um, it's almost a little bit of a, I almost say it's a little bit of a fluke. It's a lot of little things that add up um, over the time. uh, Where I would say initially it was uh, the 2015-16 season. And uh, we, uh, especially towards the the second half there, my wife my wife was pregnant, our son was born that summer. Our first child was born that summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, we'd be doing the thing, being laying in the bed, helping her, doing whatever uh, with her while we're, while she's trying to get some good sleep uh, for once. And I'd be catching up and watching uh, all the, the late night uh, match of the day coverage. And uh, <laughs> I'd be watching, and my friend was a Liverpool fan, so I'd kind of pay attention to that. And then uh, it was also, obviously, that was the, the last year, so paying attention to that. But then there was this other team on there um, with uh, mostly these these two guys are what I noticed with uh, Arnautovic and uh, Shakiri, who just for whatever reason, whenever it was on, they always they always caught my attention. And then my friends would always my my friend who was a Liverpool fan would always give me a hard time because at that time I had uh, uh, what I would refer to as the European soccer player haircut with the <laughs> undercut with the long hair and the top knot. Uh, so we had the match there um, that was going on, and then just. Uh, Seeing the, the little bowling ball that was Shakiri out there just uh, <laughs> dazzling us, it was it just kind of it just kind of clicked for whatever reason then. And I so I watched through. I mean, I paid attention through that season. Then I kind of paid attention a little bit in the off season. But then my friend would always ask me like, "Hey, uh, so how's Stoke doing or whatever?" And I you know I'd kind of check in a little bit. And then uh, it wasn't actually until uh, um, Nathan Jones's first full season, so it hasn't been too long here mm-hmm. that. Uh, you know, he'd kept bugging me about it and I kept checking every once in a while, but I just, I just dove in. I went online and I was like, you know what? I got all these podcasts I listen to from my other sports teams. I'll, I'll go see what I find. And I found uh, Wizards Dribble and obviously, uh, well, I found the YYY Files too uh, a little later on, but just uh, <laughs> as I talk about it now where it's like, <laughs> oh, the Potters, my wife loves Harry Potter. So there's a, you know, I could give her, like, there's a connection to get her into it a little oh, bit. Wow. And, then, uh, and, and obviously with it not being that, but uh then, you know, of course, too, my brother is actually a potter as well out here. He does it. Oh, does it really? So, yep, yep. He does it on the side. Uh, and so, actually, I had a mug that I was going to bring for you that he had made. 
Oh, and it was like bless perfect. you. It was, it's nice Colorado. And then I'm, I'm talking to my wife and I'm like, I think I'm, I was asking her because it's her favorite one. And we've only had a little time, but I was like, you know what? I think this would be great. Give it to Ben for, you know, for, for Stoke, give him, bring him a mug, build the oh, brother man here in America. It's got the mountains on it. It looks great. And then she's like, well, you know, it's cracked. And I was like, ah, oh, son of a guy. <laughs> oh, that doesn't matter. Uh, so, it's probably because it was the first game I went to with my dad. Um, obviously, always watching Match of the Day as a kid and knowing that Stoke of the local area and seeing that a team's in the Premier League, which is your local area. It's one of those where it's like, you know, you know, normally you go for a Man United or a Chelsea or a, or a Liverpool, but people go for Man City now because we know why. But it always fascinated me, and especially with Rory DeLapse with his long throw-ins. And it was like, you, you don't see any other team doing it. And then obviously I went to my first game at about five or six, and it was not a game which I like in the memory, because it was when Maynard Figueroa scored from the halfway line with Wigan. And I was sat next to the Wigan fans because it was the cheapest seats at the time. And I was like, I've, I've gone to watch my first game, and then that's happened. And then I used to do one or two games a season. And then a few seasons later, Matty Lowton scored a great free kick for, I think it was Burnley. And I also went to the 5-3 with Liverpool when Coutinho and Suarez absolutely ripped us apart. Yeah, I was, I was at first, I would say. I was at first. But since I've started getting my season ticket in the championship, things have started turning around. Do you know what? It's going to be quite a cliche answer, annoyingly. Is it your dad? Um, yeah, it is my dad. Excellent. It is my dad. He spent... Um, I was speaking to him about, about this. At, I think it was the Blackburn game, whatever the Friday night was. The the last game on oh, Friday yes, night. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. Um, and he said to me, something I'm not. he's not actually told me before, is that he was terrified because all my mum's side of the family are all Vale. Oh, um, really? And he just assumed, you know, he, he was kind of into football. He went to the finals, you know, the Autoglass Trophy finals and that sort of thing. And he was a big fan during Lou Macari, but he, he sort of went every now and then. And then, so he just kind of assumed that my uncle would force me into Vale because he's a huge Vale fan, season ticket holder, etc. Um, but then, do you know what? I tried to think of my first game and I have the distinct feeling that the first game I went to was, I think it was a reserves or under 21s, whatever it was at that point, against a United, maybe. Blimey. It was it, one of those sort of early two thousands. with United, I swear. <laughs> it was one of those sort of weird early 2000s reserves games. And I, I'm pretty sure they played quite a good, you know, there were a few people coming back from injury, that kind of thing. Um, but I also have the feeling that I didn't really watch much of the game and I just sort of, you know, God knows how old I was, maybe six or seven or something. Just I was just dancing for most of it, apparently. Just messing about in the seat. <laughs> you're just... having a good time. Yeah, exactly. And that is possibly the best time I've had at any Stoke game, apparently. So, so it, either then or since. So, there we go. Well, there you go. There's just proof that inheritance is still possibly the most common story that we're going to hear on this podcast uh stoke city being handed down from our seniors um but as we've heard from our overseas guests as well um you can get into stoke in a very different way and i think that highlights one reason why you know the premier league has been so important in our recent history and you know why the club is so urgent to get back there as soon as possible um, sometimes we lose sight of that and we wonder why we really do want promotion when we're not biggest fans of the Premier League sometimes and all that it comes with but it is important to reaching out to new fans anyway uh, we'll dive into more uh, stories within these files um, and actually all of these files all of the guests on these files had something particular in common they all had and have a love for both digesting and creating fan-made content that's kind of the appeal that's the kind of appeal to oh, really of, of uh of football um over there is that idea that well so the idea that it's different that mm-hmm. it's not the same um, okay okay that you do have to there has to be i almost want to say a different kind of investment um mm-hmm in football in, in England, uh, just because of the promotion relegation system mm-hmm. and the way that that whole, uh, just the way that whole industry is um, with having the whole FA and everything. It's, 
I don't know the right way to say it. Uh, a little bit of, of fresh air that uh, you get mm. punished if you if you don't do well. I mean, obviously, if if the team's not doing well in America, they they get punished in the sense that they're not going to make as much money mm-hmm. as they would have hoped to have made. Um, but there's also the time when it's like you know these these guys are only really here because they have money, and yeah. maybe they don't exactly deserve to own uh, something like this. Uh, and I think, too, another thing about that, too, is that there's just so many ways that I don't know how. So this is we'll, we'll get into some stuff. Uh, it may not be entirely the right place, but I would say that uh, the stadium situation mm-hmm. is uh, a very interesting thing uh, to me, the way that seemingly you all have it done over there versus the way we have it done over here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm going to pull up, uh, looks like what in American football, the Buffalo Bills have just have an agreement to buy a new, or to build a new uh, football stadium for them. Mm-hmm. And if we look up what's going to happen for that stadium, um, this is kind of something that's disgusted me about American sports for a long time, but mm-hmm. it, it is what it is. So the Buffalo Bills are going to build a $1.4 billion stadium for their football. Wow. Team. And with that stadium, there are uh, $850 million for that is going to come from taxpayers. Oh. So more than half of it is going to come, and that's going to be from the county level and, and the state level and all those kinds of things where they're going to basically introduce bonds or funds where the city is going to get, or the, the team's going to get money from, from the taxpayers there to build it. And they will leverage that. Wow. They will say, um, we will not build, we will, they will essentially tell a city, we will move to another city if they're willing to invest more money in a new stadium. <laughs> and that's one of the things where I'm like, you see the way that they're making money. You know, yeah. you have some idea of how, how much they're, I mean, and it's, it's, it is a hard thing, right? Where it's like a team is worth so much money and to say they're worth something doesn't necessarily mean that they have the ability to spend mm. another amount of money. But you do know that you <laughs> generally they are not the Coates family. Mm-hmm. They are not in the business to lose money. Mm-hmm. They are in that business to make money. Mm-hmm. And the way that everything is structured over here in the U.S., they make money. Almost, almost guaranteed that they make money. Wow. Um, there are people like yourselves and Harvey who go into a match day and not feel like, oh, this is a slog having to do this video. In and, and Because other people clearly enjoy what you're doing yeah you say that a couple hundred people are watching you right yeah i get a couple of hundred views per video which may not sound like a lot to a lot of people but it is if you put a couple of hundred people in a room it's a lot <laughs> yeah that's why when i did my stream and in that that i didn't get as many views as most people but if you had eight people watching you play a game it's strange. It, it, it's quite a lot of people. Yeah, you try speaking in a room with two hundred people in it, and, <laughs> no, and your I, knees. I'd buckle. rather not. Yeah, exactly. I feel sorry for head teachers who have to speak in front of whole high schools of thousand <laughs> plus kids. I couldn't. Yeah, exactly. But it's given me different experiences. It's made me, you know, improve as a person in general because one, in a way, I've got to care about my image, mm. and it's helped me a lot with how I take care of myself and the way that I word tweets. Yes. Because if you put one wrong word in, everything goes to pot. So mm-hmm. attention to detail matters, yeah. right? Yeah. Like I, I mistype the odd word on the tweet and I'm like, oh God, I haven't done that ever. <laughs> I'm gonna get five people telling me that I can't spell. <laughs> At least you get five people talking to you. That's a positive. Um yeah. what what would you say was the best thing about the YouTube side of stuff at the moment? Being able to meet people and telling me that they found me through my vlogging. Nice. Like, I was uh not Forest, I think it was, and there was... No, it wasn't. It was West Brom, where... No, yeah, it was Forest. There was... um If you watch my vlog closely in the concourse, there was a lad on top of someone's soldiers singing... Shoulders singing Delilah. <laughs> and the next game, they approached me. Not the next game, but West Brom. They asked if I had that video on oh, my really? phone. Like, and I was like, I, I don't. It was um one of them where... After I've done it, because I'll record on my phone, I delete all the footage off my phone because right. otherwise I can't record further on. Mm-hmm. And I said, if you if you want to like screen record that part of the video and grab it, do that. But yeah, I, I've always kind of put my opinions out there on Twitter and on the Oat Cake and things like that. And I just I, I don't know. I, 
there's a couple of bits to it that made me want to go into the stats. So one of them was that I don't particularly... When I was younger, I've always enjoyed being a bit argumentative. I've slightly got a bit more away from that now. I feel like it's a bit... I sort of lost that urge and the will to be bothered to argue with people about stuff. <laughs> yes. Um, I feel like everybody hits that at some point, and the day it comes is, is quite a blessing, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And it's been nice to be on Potolytics where, I, you know, the point of it is that I don't really know what I'm doing. So it's nice for <laughs> when someone tells me something, I go, oh, okay, yeah, fair. Yeah. That sounds good. Um, but I think the other main thing is that, in general... For Stoke City in particular, but also for most clubs, football media, particularly mainstream media, can be really, really poor, in my opinion. Mm. And it can be really simplistic and really, you know... I I love listening to Roy Keane talk about, you know, why the midfielder needs to go in harder and why he's not really bothered and why he doesn't care about the club. (laughs) But instinctively for me, that doesn't... I don't know, it doesn't... It doesn't work for me. I, I, that can't be, you know, five years of Stoke being shit and beyond. Now you have it. So, alongside the files, of course, um, we've done three very different types of podcasts this year. Um, the first I really enjoyed. Uh, Matt Lom recorded bits of his first ever game um, coming over from the US to watch Stoke City. Um giving his thoughts before, during and after his trip over here. Um, we'll listen to the highlights from that. Uh, I started the away files as well. Um, the ambition is to do a couple more of these as we go on. Um, but for a first one with Dana, I, I, I really enjoyed speaking to <laughs> someone who isn't a Stoke City fan for a change. Um, and then, of course, Mastermind as well which <laughs> leans into my tendency to create a quiz show, but also was in support of uh, a new cause, the Red and White Christmas Appeal, um, which ended up raising quite a lot of money in the end. Um, we're all really proud of that, and hopefully Red and White, Red and White Christmas comes back this year. Um, we'll see what happens there. But hey, for the time being, let's relive these special podcasts and, and see what they had in store for us. You're actually here in Longton, Stoke-on-Trent, England, yes. coming for a Stoke game. Yep, yep, going to my first game. Well, not not just any, just one Stoke game. You're doing a whole trip. You're here with your friend, Brian? Yep, Brian and Isaiah. Brian and Isaiah. Isaiah. And you're here to do, essentially, a football trip. You come all, all the way across the Atlantic to do a football trip. You're starting it with Stoke well actually I'll 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 let you tell us about what what your trip's gonna be over the next few days yeah so um uh luckily enough we we had this opportunity um unfortunately Brian's he's moving away to go back to school he's decided to change his career uh we've been best friends for a long time and so uh this was our chance uh to kind of to get some time together plus the the ladies our wives have taken trips every year they Mm -hmm. do vacations and whatnot and so we we normally stay home and, and play video games. So it was, it was kind of a vacation for us too, but we finally decided that, Hey, this is our time to, to make something happen here before he leaves. Yeah. And, and we thought, what better way than to, uh, to come over here? Then come come here. here. <laughs> yeah. See some, see some games. Home. Well, here you are. So you, you arrived in London, I believe. You landed in London. Yeah. Um, yep. And you come all the way up and your first stop on your trip is here. Uh, yes, this is this is our first stop. So a game today is our first game. So we yeah. get to see the F up uh, the FA Cup uh, match today against Wigan, and yeah. then we're going to get to go uh, tomorrow. And unfortunately, they're Liverpool fans. Well, right? so we'll be <laughs> we'll be heading up there. Um, but it'll be it'll still be fun to get to see a, a Premier League game, um, and hopefully, I'll get to come back and see another Premier League game here in Stoke. Yeah. Um, but we'll go up there. We'll see Liverpool tomorrow. Their FA Cup, and then we'll come back and see the Swansea game, and then we'll go to, back to Liverpool and see the uh, game against Leicester for them, and then we get to do a couple of away matches over the weekend. So we're we're packing it in here. Well, the game just ended. It was uh, <laughs> unbelievable there. Um, whew, see a third red card in a row. And to see uh, three games here in a row without a loss, I was just, that's unbelievable. Uh, should have had the win today, uh, but 
you know, you can't uh, with the with the form that uh, Forrest has been in, you can't really blame him for a draw there. So, you know, take what I can get. I, I never saw, haven't seen uh, City lose here in person yet. So, hopefully, I'll keep that up the next time I'm able to make out here. But uh, again, sitting with the way fans was just amazing. Uh, it was so awesome to be able to experience that atmosphere, um, joining with the crowds, have some interaction with the other crowd, and. <clears throat> and get both goals right in front of us. Uh, see another Baker penalty. Um, see the goalie get sent off. That was just uh, that was just pretty unbelievable. So I'm just glad that uh, glad that I was able to have this opportunity. Glad that I was able to get the ticket. Uh, and can't wait, can't wait to come back. Uh, can't wait to come back over here. So we'll see, we'll see what I'm thinking here in a few days. But uh, so far, this, this trip's just been it's it's better than I could have ever imagined. How was the trip? What did you think? Uh, the trip, um, the trip was amazing. Yeah, uh, easily, easily one of the best trips of my life. Really? Um, yes. Oh, for sure. It was so. I mean, it was uh, so. It was easy. Like, I mean, we had we had lots of travel, but mm-hmm. it was like we knew what we were doing. We're coming over here to watch the games. We're gonna do some stuff on our off days, but other than that, it's like you know, game day is game day, and so it just made it so easy uh, uh, for everything uh, to be able to come down and. And just enjoy the whole experience, I, I would say. I, I love the fact that, you know, with all the things like, I think we sort of, we as Brits sort of idolise what other countries have to offer, particularly like America, such a such a eye-opening place to go to with all the all the variances and experiences you get over there. And, and we, you know, put, put, <laughs> put England and Britain down quite a lot, particularly Stoke. Um, it's just nice to hear somebody actually say that it's one of the best things they've done, and it, it's it's just nice to hear that. It's it's so refreshing from somebody else, and I and I guess part of that is like, well, everybody's gonna, you know, anybody would say that anything that's different to what they're used to is gonna be, you know, so so exciting. But no, it's just nice to hear that you really enjoyed yourself, and that you know Stoke was part of that. Oh, for sure, it was. It was so great. Uh, like all the people we met uh, when we were there, everyone was so so nice um and really just excited <laughs> excited too so that was good yeah um and, and so it was really it was a great experience uh it was lots of fun just be as <laughs> someone from far away i mean it's easy for me to say this but uh i would say be grateful for what you have because i like <laughs> i thoroughly enjoyed it it was amazing it was awesome it was it was so good and i'm so grateful that i got i was able to experience that i mean of course it helps that they played so well on the, on the pitch but uh yeah i'm just so grateful for everything that I was able to do and all the people I was able to meet while I was over there. Uh, and it was truly, truly special. Why, why, why are you a Middlesbrough fan, Dana? <laughs> and I want to know from the beginning. Yeah, that is a good question. Um, you know what? It's very much a family thing. So my mum and dad are big Bora fans. And actually, my first memory was <laughs> hating football. So there was a story <laughs> and a, a very... <laughs> Honestly, a very vivid, funny memory of this actually is my mum and dad tried to get me to watch football match and I can only assume it was Middlesbrough because I ran off crying, locked myself in a room and just had a tantrum. <laughs> um, and it's weird sort of recollecting that now because I literally live and breathe Middlesbrough. So um, I, I don't know. I think I was a tomboy when I was little. So that's really how it started. I think it just perfectly aligned with who I was back then. And I used to play football from a primary school, very, very small primary school, by the way. So I was mixing it with the boys and stuff. And um, I suppose it was just that natural transition to, you know, I'm a, I'm a bit of a tomboy. I'm not a girly girl. Let me explore football. And my first game was 2009. Well, it was the second from last home game of 2007-2008 season. And uh, we played Portsmouth and we won. But I can't remember too much from that game. I actually remember more from the next home game, which was when we tonked Man the City 8 1. <laughs> and I was like, all oh, these goals, you know, there was a Mexican wave. We were seeing, we were cheering all day every time we passed the ball. And I was like, you know what? I could get used to this. This is, you know, if this is what football's like, yeah. I'm fully <laughs> That's me thinking it was like that every game, every week. Uh, and then I got my season ticket and we got relegated. So there we are, a little <laughs> naive me thinking it was, <laughs> thinking it was great. And, uh, yeah, we got relegated. But that was my uh, Borough introduction, really. And even though we did get relegated and we spent, God knows, I think seven years in the championship, 
I was just still really hooked. And because I was hooked, I couldn't end that connection abruptly. A lot of my friends did. A lot of my friends thought, oh, we're crap now. Let's, mm. let's support Man City or whatever. But I can't do that. You know, once I'm fully into something, I'm fully into it. And, and I can't really break that bond. How do you view Stoke City as an outsider? And maybe that's actually an easier question. Hmm. Um, you know what? I think... Yeah, I think it's still very similar to Middlesbrough, actually. I think we've already discussed a few parallels mm. between, you know, our our history, the sort of dark days or the dark years, and then the similarities in the chairman as well, you know, two yeah. local men and um, have been there for you know, decades. It's, yeah, I think that, and as well, you know, the, the city of Stoke, the town of Middlesbrough, I think is similar in terms of being built on graft and with the, you know, um, potteries in Middlesbrough with the steelworks I think it's probably that as well that filters into into the football and the identity sort of mixes in with that from the town and the, the football club um, and the city and the football club but yeah Stoke I mean how many times do you hear the frigging cliche of exactly called like what is it what is it cold Tuesday night in Stoke oh, or whatever it, it changes it changes <laughs> Cold wet Tuesday night in Stoke. You could use all the superlatives <laughs> if you wanted to. <laughs> well, I mean, there's always that that you sort of go to, but mm. yeah, there, there are parallels. I think we have obviously shared Tony Pulis as well, <laughs> yeah. um, although with different <laughs> different results. But I think Stoke are very similar to Borough in that an established we're an established Premier League team for a while, mm. and then. Yeah, I think, we, to be honest, we've probably had similar trajectories in mm. a way. Obviously, excluding Borough's little dance in the um, Premier League in 2016-17, which was definitely not a very good dance. It was like Marge crumping <laughs> in The Simpsons rather than anything sort of uh, nice. <laughs> but, yeah, we, I think the trajectories have been similar. You know, um, what you mentioned there, the, the sort of financial ruins and, and as I said dark years and then the establishment in the Premier League and then getting relegated and spending the majority of our time from there in uh in the championship and having nearly moments. I think Stoke last season I thought they were uh they were they were good at points but then you got injuries didn't you and then mm. fell off a cliff. Um so it's a bit like a little bit like Borough. So yeah, nearly moments and a lot of parallels. A lot more parallels than I thought, actually, between Borough and Stoke. It's always going to be there. It's always going to be a constant in my life. It's it's something that's a huge thing for me and my dad. It's my first love, in a way. And, and you know, through the tough times, you, you have to go through that. And I'm 30. My first memories of Stoke were in Division 2, the, you know, the, the third tier. So I, it's been worse than this. And I think, by comparison, obviously, the success we've had in the last 10 years, 15 years, makes this seem a lot worse than it is. And the kind of aggregated um, despair of the last three or four years. Every low seemed lower than the last, which probably isn't true. I mean, for how miserable it is right now, I I quite like this squad. I quite like a lot of these players. And I don't know, maybe I'm a minority in that, but far more than I did in, say, the the squad that turned out in the first season back in the Championship. Yeah. But but I guess it's just, I don't know, it's a bit Groundhog Day. There's a, a new... A new manager and a new transfer window, and it, we just keep going around in the same cycle, and it's hard to break. And I don't even know if I have the well, I, I definitely don't have the answer <laughs> for, for, for what that would be. But it's it's really difficult, and yeah, I take no pleasure in like. I think to be to be fair to me, forgetting the game was on yesterday is a little bit knowing that the World Cup breaks coming and. Mm-hmm. A little bit of despondency in general because of the way that we've been playing and the inconsistency, and so. Uh, yeah, it's difficult. I mean, I've been a season ticket holder for, for 20 years a season, so I, I know I, I miss very, very few of those unless I really, you know, unless I really can't make the game. So I, I'll always go to games and I'll always, you know, even, even my dad will sometimes say, you're watching today if, you know, if there's a stream on him, if we couldn't make it to the away game. And I'll always say no, but I'll always, it, I'll always put it on in the background and then end up <laughs> watching it without, you know, without taking my eyes off the screen because. You know, it's a it's a big part of 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 all of our lives, and it, it's a, it's a trivial thing, football. But at the same time, it's it's a massive thing. And you know, people of my age have watched far worse, yes. and it's not the result. It's I look I look for that for the joy in my kids going there, 
my daughter still loves it. I mean, she's she's 22 and just gone over to Australia to do some backpacking and whatever. And she loves match days. She does. She can't get enough of it. Win, lose, or draw. Whereas Archie, my youngest lad who loves football, I'll be totally honest, a lot of the time is bored rigid by going, as am I. Mm-hmm. That's probably my fault, not Stokes. Maybe the, my match day routine needs to change a little bit more old mm-hmm. school as it was when I went with my dad. Maybe we need to go to the pub before the start and have a sing-song or whatever, or I don't know, but things change. Uh, maybe I need to. So, you know, we're going to Lick Town tomorrow. We've gone Lick Town more this season than we've been to watch Stoke. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that's not right, but it, it kind of feels like I'm... When I go there, it's uh, it's a bit more old school with regards to standing up, having a beer, being home early. You don't have to park a mile away or whatever. But again, that that's my problem, not Stoke. So you know, things change, people people change. So no, the you know it's still a great club. It's yes. still our club. It always yeah. will be our club. And I just need to. It's me who needs to find a way to reconnect with. For my son's sake, making the match day is as exciting or as, as I don't know what the word is as possible. Maybe you know, without I mean, Ricardo's here. There's a bar now and whatever, and you know, it's but uh, it, it's changed for me as well. With Archie playing football, that my football fix is through him now. Mm-hmm. I'm there four nights a week, and you know, and he spends twenty hours a week at Stoke. You know, that's a lot of football. So I'm kind of footballed out a little bit. <laughs> and and then by and he trains on a Saturday morning. If it's come home and then go stoke, we're talking about being out of the house for nine hours. And it's a lot of time for me at the minute. I'll be totally honest. It's not an excuse, it's a reason. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got two other kids, I've got a wife, I've got a new job. So it's really hard to 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 dedicate as much time. Away days are a no-go now, uh, through money and time. And I wish, but I'm gonna have to get back into it. Especially away, he's my lad, you know, he loves his football. He deserves those away days that I was given with my dad. So I think that that's going to be a New Year's resolution to get as many aways as I can, money money permitting. I think the, the I mean, obviously, when I've, I've sort of raised a lot of your work. I've sort of got a lot of the sort of things, in the, the, the shops that in my area, sort of raising them as well. And sort of put myself in charge of, of doing that and raising the funds. And the message I sort of give to them is like, you know, these are local charities. These are going to affect local people in an area that quite often gets overlooked when it comes to funding and support. It's sort of a lot of the time, let's be honest, Stoke on does get forgotten about and in the wider scheme mm-hmm. of things in this country. And you think that if you, yeah, you know that if you're going to donate to these charities and give to these charities, you're helping the people of your own city and you're, you're helping people that you're, you know, you see every day, maybe living on the, you walk past people living on the streets and stuff like that, or, or people who are suffering and, um, like I say, people going to the, using the Dougie Mac and, and the fantastic work they do, or people that, you know, are, are, you know, um, nervous or, or upset and, and you know, the, the, the threat of not having any food in the cupboards or not being able to feed the children and stuff. It's it's a very real thing at the minute for a lot of people, and like I say, we think we these charities, I think, hit home locally as well. These three, I mean, I've just been we've just been through a real cold patch, haven't we? And you just think, <sighs> imagine having to be on the streets, you know, during the last two weeks when we've you know we've been minus 12, 13 degrees at night. It's just doesn't bear thinking about really, does it? <laughs> Isn't it crazy that this year that a fair share of the podcasts that I've released have been special episodes? Um, maybe I need to redefine what special actually means because they can't all be special, surely. Um, back to the files, and we return to the Files FC. Um, there won't be an awful amount of movement from the previous year because of the number of files that we recorded, but here's how the Files 11 is looking after four years and 54 files of Stoke fans voting for their favourite players. I think I'm going to go for the first goalkeeper where I properly thought, oh yeah, he knows how to save it. Um, and the moment I have in mind is probably something a lot of people have in mind, which is sat at the FA Cup final watching at first it happen and thinking, oh, he's just missed. 
Mm. And then you look at the replay on the big screen and it's just the most ridiculous, full-stretch, dive-in, picturesque TV save you've ever seen in your life uh, from Balotelli's sort of curling shot. And it's Tommy Sorensen all day. Yeah. I'm uh, big fan of Begovic. I was a big fan of Butland, um, particularly in the Premier League. Um, quite a big fan of Simonson, actually, for a while. Uh, while we were, while I was a little bit younger, but the goalkeeper where I always felt safest was uh, was Tommy Sorensen, and so he's got to go in there. So then I would say uh, going back, we'll have to go to uh, um, another one of the older vets here that I picked, one of the few, um, and that's going to be Shawcross. Nice. I didn't see, I didn't get to see him as much, and especially recently now, it's unfortunate that you know I got to see him a little bit in the highlights back then and whatnot, and but unfortunately, so much after I finally started really getting in. Um, it was always the injuries, and I just never really got to see him again here. And that was, it would have been nice to see if he could have come in and, and stabilized things um, for a bit there, that if he was able to get over the injuries. Um, mm. And that's yeah. just, just, I mean, that's, <laughs> unfortunately, when you're that good, that's, you know, it's, it's a flip of a coin whether your career ends that way or doesn't. And with Robert Hoof, obviously, he achieved, he's achieved great things everywhere he's gone, but seeing him, you know, lift a Premier League trophy with Leicester. And then, you know, I think it was the season after trying to take a free kick and it swerves out for a throw-in. But those two were solid together. It was really, really tough for defenders to get past that back line. Mm -hmm. And I don't think really they put a foot wrong in any way. The wide, is it wide backs? That's the American term. (laughs) The full backs. Yes. That's the term. That's the one. Um, Andy Wilkinson and Eric Peters. I I I feel like... They're very good. Obviously, Peters, I've seen him play quite a bit. I remember his flute goal against, I think it was Newcastle, where he just crossed it and it went in. Mm-hmm. Um, but he liked his long balls. He liked his you know quick passing one-twos, and he was very brilliant. And then Andy Wilkinson, we know, was he, he wouldn't mess around with anyone. I believe when one of the first memories I have is him back-pocketing Ronaldo for Man United. Oh, yeah. And... He just throwing in tackles left and right and he would just he just has a laugh because he knows even though he's putting himself on the line that he's going to get the same treatment back <laughs> yes, and he, he, and he, he loves, did he loves it he just loves the game have you seen that um, video of him and I think it's Gary Gardner is it who puts yeah, a hell of a tackle on it, him yeah just gets up I, and shakes his hand I believe he was the same guy when someone was on the floor he just decided to pick him up and <laughs> start having to go but right in front of the ref didn't even get a yellow you do that now you're getting strumped oh, you, off yeah you get a 10 game ban for that yeah Stephen and Zonzi yeah um probably expected just just you watch him on the ball and you see someone coming in and you think oh no no someone's gonna tackle you oh oh, oh okay you just <laughs> you just walk past them anyway never mind then um to see midfielders go from what people like Whelan and Whitehead had been doing mm. in that kind of in the cage as we used to call it yes to be in proper Rolls Royce ball carriers who just just could control the football and just could throw people out of his path without even thinking about them being there. What a footballer. Mm. And again, depressing that he had to go when he did because you feel like if he'd stayed on, maybe the next season could have been... I think so. Could have one, been a really special one. season one, but, too soon, I think. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, we can't turn our hat up at the career he's had in the meantime. Cause, no, 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 absolutely. You know, fully deserved and, again, what a footballer. You were so close to not using the R word to describe it. Oh, the Rolls-Royce. You were so no, close. come on. And, and I don't think anyone's managed it yet. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I'm technically in the world of publishing about football now, so... Can you, can you physical... for your next stats piece, define what a Rolls-Royce def- <laughs> midfielder <laughs> is? <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, I can define it right now in two words, and those two words are Josh Laurent. Oh, very nice. There we go. Yes, there. I, or or Rude <laughs> Hullet is his better known. Oh yeah, absolutely. He is probably probably my favourite Stoke player. Um, not necessarily the best ever Stoke player, but the first one who came into the club where you thought, "Oh, this is different. This is a completely different type of player. This is, you know." This is proper football kind of thing. Um, and it is Bojan Kerkic. 
Oh, thank God, because I, I, I was hoping... It was going to be one of two, wasn't it? It was going to be Bojan that I'd written down or John Parkin, and there was no, there was no in-between. <laughs> that would have been a very different style of football. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, Parkin might be in there somewhere. On He's the fun. Bench, I suppose, He's fun. He is fun. This will be Shakiri. Uh, yeah, yes. This is going to go back. Yep, I, I had to find a place for all of them, so this is, this is the spot I'm going to put them in. And... Uh, mm-hmm. Just seeing him out there, seeing the things he could do. And, of course, with Shakiri, you can't help but say that he's just... <laughs> it's almost like a miniature rugby player out there, right? <laughs> um, and it's just fascinating. Fascinating yeah. how good his feet were. How how quick he was with his feet and everything. Um, and just what he could do on, on the pitch with the ball. Uh, he was fun. He was exciting. And, and he was something special that we had for a while there. And so then I guess we'll go, we'll go straight away. Uh, we'll go to, we'll go to, I was going to put Marco up front mm-hmm. just because, yeah, I couldn't think I, just the way it set up. Um, it just made sense uh, to throw him up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it was the other one where um, looking back, just having, uh, having him up there. Yes, he was so talented. And so, like physically dominant too, mm-hmm. uh, which is what you really want to see as well. I mean, to be able to provide both, both options up front. Um, he was, it was just, that was, that was what made it so special for me. That was, that was what caught my eye. It was, it was Arnadovich, Shakiri. I've gone for the first proper striker where I thought I just loved every minute of watching him play. And it is fuller. Mm-hmm. As mentioned in the A side, again, I've gone as fun as I can. Just you have. He's gonna get. He gets the ball, and he might just completely lose it in the first thirty seconds or the first two seconds, rather. But he also might dribble past an entire West Ham defense, mm. like they're not even there. Mm. And you can't buy that kind of thing for, as a football fan. You know that that kind of entertainment of watching someone who every time they get it, you think, "What are you gonna do now?" Put up front with him, John Walters. I mean, so many of the same reasons as Delat, really. Just nothing but 100% every time. He's he's a, he's another one of those players we, we've come close to interviewing, but not quite, and I'd, I'd love to, to have a chat with him. Personality-wise, one of my favourite Stoke players, and yeah, we could do, we could do a whole two hours on Johnny Walters. <laughs> And there you go. That's how the Files 11 shapes after four years of doing this podcast. So that's Thomas Sorensen, Ryan Shawcross, Robert Huth, Andy Wilkinson, Eric Peters, Stephen Nzonzi, Bojan, Marco Anatovic, Judan Shakiri, Ricardo Fuller, and Jonathan Walters. Now you'll notice that Walters was not read out by one of the three Files creators of the last year. And that's because Jonathan Walters was not named by one of the three file creators this year. Um, instead, I thought I'd go all the way back to when he was first mentioned in file two with Dave Cowlishaw. Even if, Dave, you are part of the Wizard Drivel. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll close off this podcast with a reminder of why three very different people support Stoke City in the first place. Again, we may all differ in our journeys following the club and our motivations for doing so. But that doesn't change our common love, no matter the circumstances. Why Stoke for you now? What is Stoke's identity? So I would say what I see that makes Stoke special. And it's kind of the same thing that that caught my eye or that caught my attention when I was coming back a, a few years ago is it's the community. It's the fans. Mm. 100%. To see how much... Uh, you put out there, how much all the other podcasts put out there, how much the radio presenters put out there. And then to be there um, in town, having, <laughs> you know, uh, sitting down for a meal and having a guy offering us drinks because <laughs> I'm wearing my, <laughs> yeah. you know, my soap kit. And, you know, we're doing the, <laughs> we're doing the tour through, uh, through Middleport and we're seeing, <laughs> we're getting, uh, you know, we're, we're seeing the, the Stoke supporters in one part of the factory and then getting jeered at by the Vale supporters in the other part of the factory. Mm. Um, I mean, it was just, it, it was fun and it's something that's real. The, the community is real mm-hmm. uh, and the online community is real. Uh, I missed, you know, I missed the O-Cake boards. I didn't get to, I didn't get to experience any part of that, mm. but, um, I wonder what that would have been like. Cause I was, you know, I was on the boards back then for my video games. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so it would have been interesting to be on like the message boards like that but even you know twitter it's it's great uh yeah to see how much how many people are out there putting out content putting out the stuff and just being so open and inviting and welcoming uh that's kind of been uh, the best part and maybe i know there's some stuff out there right i you know we hear the stories of of all the stuff the fights break out between supporters mm -hmm. the stuff going mm -hmm. on online a lot of kind of stuff but that's still you know pretty few and far between and uh, just to see the way everybody is willing to invest in it that's something special mm -hmm. and that that kind of community is it's really cool well, it's always been around in my daily life of what I've been doing. Um, I used to do a lot of five-a-side at Power League, so I'd always see the ground in the distance. Mm -hmm. um, my dad has a car from Audi. My mom has a car from Audi, so I've seen it when they've gone to the Audi garage. <laughs> um, they always do things to help the local area with the community trust. They've, they've, they've pretty much every day you see them around there. Obviously, I mentioned I've been in the City 7s as well. So, like I say, everything I've done in daily life has been something in a way to do with Stoke City. Mm -hmm. How does that affect you now? Is it just something that's that's just part of your identity now because you've been so exposed to them? Or is it something about them that particularly you're drawn to? Yeah, well, obviously this season I'm drawn to the kits quite a lot. But <laughs> um, I've got I've got the, the black away shit on right now. Nice. So it's, it's, it's a very nice kit. But yeah. I don't know what it is. My favorite color when I was young and still is, is red. So mm. having, you know, red and white, which goes really well together is something that, you know, I, I like the aesthetic of it. I like how the seats at the ground are red and mm -hmm. just the color red attracts me. Obviously you've got Man United, Liverpool, all those teams, but they're a bit too far in a way. Yeah. So Stoke being local and that, that was probably one of the reasons why I wanted to go there as a kid because... You know, you go off by colours, like I've said. It was that identity of I was kind of someone different in the sense that I'd come from a different place when I came into my first school sort of thing. I'd moved quite away, and it was a nice way for me to identify with where I came from. Hmm. So for me, the city and the club are a very close kind of... a very close link uh, in, my, in my mind. But I don't know. I think it's that. Yeah. We actually felt it a little bit in the last game that it came back for the first time in a long time. Yeah. It's that little roar, you know, in the in the matches. I don't it's sort of Yes, I know what you're saying. The little bit of like, come on. Yeah, yeah. When we've just maybe had a couple of chances. Yeah. And it's bounced back and we've kept the ball still and we're going again. It's that kind of little thing that It's a bit of belief. Like not just hope, yeah. but like belief like, come on, we can we can do this. Yeah. Exactly, and especially after, so, you know, the five years that will not be named <laughs> that we've just gone through, it's... Of just pure hoping. Oh, exactly, yeah, and you'd have one or two games in a row where you'd hope, and then that'd be it. Yeah. But this time we've definitely turned the corner, right, Ben? Absolutely, yes, George. Absolutely Brilliant. turned a corner. Um, you wait, we'll sign... <laughs> I, I don't know, we'll, we'll sign, I don't know... Shane Long in the summer, yeah, Tom yeah, Sawyer, somebody yeah. daft like that, and <laughs> and we'll pay him sixty grand a week, and that'll be us FFP strong for another three years again. Andy Carroll, there's your target, man. Oh god. <laughs> oh god, Ben. And with that, that closes this fourth birthday edition of the Why 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 Files. Every time I record a podcast here, it reminds me of why I've kept this going for so long. Um, in a year where <laughs> it would have been really easy to detach myself from Stoke City, these conversations keep my colours nailed to the mast. And for that, I'm really grateful. And I'm equally grateful um, to everybody who's listened and been on the podcast this year. Uh, Matt Lom, Andy Blinston, Dana Malt, Joe Barbieri, Anthony Bunn, Dan Buxton and George Weaver. As for everybody that's appeared over the last four years, this platform simply does not happen without you, and I thank you for your time and your effort. I've been seriously considering the future of the YYY files. Um, as much as it brings me joy and purpose when I'm getting it done, it also brings me a sense of guilt and stress when my life demands me to limit the amount I can record and the time I can spend doing this. Um, 
hearing that so many people rely on fan content and seeing what other platforms are doing has really put what I'm doing or what I'm not doing into perspective. Having said all this, Nigel Johnson retired from Stoke City Commentary this week after 54 years of doing it. And I was lucky enough to get the chance to interview him for my fourth ever episode of this podcast. He told me during his time in education uh, that he taught the value of stickability. Um, bearing that in mind and having been motivated by Nigel and, and his send-off, um, I plan to keep this podcast going afloat for l- at least another year. Um, I have no idea how often I'll be able to upload, nor what it is exactly that I will be uploading. So File 55 will be the last one before I plan on releasing my own. And to be honest, that'll take a hell of a lot of work to execute the vision that I've got for File 56. Um, so getting that all done will give me a, a bit of time to execute some creative freedom and branch out into other series perhaps like the ones that i've spoke about previously on this podcast maybe some new ones um in the meantime all i can say is watch this space and we'll see what happens over next year um if you want to get involved with the podcast the best way to do so is by heading to the yyyfiles.com and click and get involved um if you want to keep up to date with the goings on of the platform particularly when i release podcasts because god knows when i'm going to do that um you can follow us on social media at the yyy files um and of course follow us on your podcast platform as well um if you want to keep in touch you can do so by the website social media or by sending an email to the yyy files at mail.com all those links as they always are will be in the podcast description and that just leaves me to say thank you very much for allowing me to facilitate another year of the YYY files and until the next one but don't forget it could be your file one day Vizunita Fortio Handsome man.